welcome to The Rotating Platform, a podcast about video games. It is episode uh, 14 on the 28th of March, 2015. So we're back after a kind of extended uh, <laughs> Unplanned hiatus, break. yeah. Yeah, sorry about the long, the long gap. Um, but yeah, we're back. And we're... Um, and it's the day before uh, the clocks go forward. So I, I always get this wrong, but if I've got this right, that means that um, t- tomorrow we have to set this episode forward to episode 15, right? Yeah, that's that, right. Is that how it, yes, that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, so how is everyone? It's been a while. Are you asking the listeners now? No, well... <laughs> I, you might be. I guess I, yeah. If, how if, are you, listeners? We, we'll, we'll leave a short pause for the listeners to respond to, to how they are. Okay. Oh, that's really good to hear. And how about uh, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I hope no one out there sort of is going, oh, God, terrible week. Yeah, my dog's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lost my job. I'm all like, hey, well, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, you guys. How's you guys? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, just uh... Oh, I should. Wait, who are you guys? Oh. I should tell everyone who, who we are. Uh... <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Matthew Castle, who is fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and it's Alan Madrill, also tickety boo. Great, and I'm Mark Green. Uh, I am would also describe myself as fine. Yeah, um, Hey, I just want to uh, just quick thing. I want to say this. Po- I want it known that this podcast is interrupting me watching the Double Fine documentary, which is very very good. If you, <laughs> I, I think it was a a sort of gift for people who kickstarted the uh, Broken Age, but it's. Free, uh, they, they're sort of uh, putting every episode up free on YouTube one is, by one. Is that what you're blaming for us not doing a podcast for the last month that you've been watching that this whole time? <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few episodes. <laughs> it's My a God. long documentary. Hmm. Just been wa- watching them solidly. Um, but yeah, so I, so I just, it's just a, I want to quickly mention it. If you're not watching it, get on the old uh, YouTube um, channel and uh, watch it. Great. Well, it's a lively podcast so far. So <laughs> I've just got to—I've got to remember how we do it. That's the problem. It's been so long. Um, so yeah, let's let's keep that momentum going and let's roll onto the first platform. I don't know where this rolling uh, things come from. We didn't used to do that. All right, let's roll. Let's roll onto the first platform. Uh, but first, a little bit of this. So we're on a, uh, a quick platform now. Alan, this platform has just got me and Matthew on. Uh, what? Where am I on now? Have I floated <laughs> off into space? <laughs> yeah. Shoot. We forgot to attach your uh, your life rope. And uh, yeah, you've, you've disappeared <laughs> Sorry, man. into the cold uh, and empty blackness Is it like gravity? Space. Am I going to be like um, when, when Sandra Bullock is spinning away into space? Yes. Oh, yeah, it is, it is a bit like that. Have you stripped um, down into your pants? <laughs> well, it's late at night. <laughs> Anything goes. I've been on the apple juice. Um, and the reason that uh, it's just me and Matthew on this platform is that me and Matthew went to the um, Resd uh, Expo, didn't we, Matthew? We did. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, what, a week ago, a week and a bit ago, two weeks. Yeah, some time ago. Yeah. So Resd is a, a an indie focused. Um, expo and and we and we so we we played a few games and we we talked to a few people who make games and uh it was good so this little bit you're about to hear was i guess about halfway through the day matthew we sat down outside we had a uh i had a um some chili from a cup (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, and then we spoke about what we'd seen. So uh, enjoy. So Resd is a uh, little video game convention. Um, we're, and it's a bit of an indie game focus, I would say. Well, yeah, very much. I mean, it's the it's the sort of the indie expo. The so. indie indie version of uh, EGX. So yeah, we I, I, we've been playing the indie games. You had your first Oculus Rift experience. I did have my first, yeah. Tell us about it. It's called uh, Ether, I think. Yes. Ether? Ether? Ether, say Ether. Ether. Um, yeah, which I'd never played Oculus Rift before, so I slipped my slipped my head into that weird padded helmet. Yeah. Um, that's how excited I'm about Oculus Rift, because normally I wouldn't put my head near anything someone else had already had their dirty head inside. They do, they do wipe it. Do they? Between each use. Oh. They have wipes. Oh, I didn't want to say, because I didn't want to seem like a big <laughs> Oculus square, but... Uh, they yeah. do anything with the headphones though, they are coated in earwax. Oh, gross. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, so I put it on my head, and all of a sudden I was no longer at rest. I was inside an office. Yeah. And Manipulating I lo- a Rubik's Cube. Looking, making a Rubik's Cube float around the room with, using my mind, by which I mean by looking where I wanted it to go in the room. And yes. it's kind of, that's amazing, like how yeah. accurately the head tracking movement works. Yeah, yeah. That was really impressive. Yeah. But the weirdest thing is just looking down. And when you expect to see your legs, you just see like the chair, the virtual chair you're sitting on. Oh, that's weird because you know that that other Rift game I was talking to you about that's by who's the guys who well we talk about the fireproof. Ru- fireproof. They've made a little sort of pilot wings, James Bond pilot wings game. Mm. And when you look down, you can see your tuxedo and you can see your body. Right. And the guy, while you were playing, um, the guy was saying that you, they they don't let you move around because it, you get motion sickness. Um, but he said something about how they're beginning to realise if, if they if, if they render your nose in front of you in the game, yeah. that helps you yeah, stop you getting motion sickness. You end up with all these games where you basically have to play as Pinocchio. You have to have some giant, giant hooter. <laughs> A lot of Pinocchio games. games. Well, oh, God, not this Pinocchio's Pilot Wings game. It's ridiculous. Um, but you, but you like the rift. Yeah, I did like it. I was very, I was very impressed with how smooth. I thought it was a little blurry, but it might just not have been calibrated. And plus, I wasn't wearing my yeah. glasses. It um, takes a while for your eyes to get you get just. Yeah, a so it was. But I was very, I was very impressed with the head track. Because that's the thing. I was like, no, nah, because I've, I've, you know, working on Nintendo mode, I've had eight years of motion controls, and I'm always a little bit, a little bit dubious. But yeah. The um, no, the actual effect of looking around and seeing your view shift is yeah. like genuinely quite. Quite amazing. Like you, in, you're instantly there. You, do, you don't think, oh, I've got a giant weird thing on my hand. No, yeah, so I did immersive. worry that when I was looking around the room, people were like pointing and laughing at me. Yeah, going like, <laughs> yeah. I do, watching you sitting there with a big helmet on your head, just staring at the wall. <laughs> there is something weird about that. Sort of gawping. Yeah. It's mesmerised. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not someone who who points and at people and mocks them normally. But I definitely felt a strong urge to do that when you were sitting there. Um, just, yeah, oh great! Step, well, I'm, I'm glad everything. that you didn't act on it. <laughs> no, I did. You just couldn't. <laughs> oh, right, brilliant. Yeah, the headphones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was really impressive. Actually, I'm, I'm I'm very taken with it. I'm sold. Where do I buy one? I don't know. Where do you buy one? Maybe we could just take a steel one from here. Yeah. Was looking. It's a very friendly atmosphere. I think you yeah, could actually get away with it. Yeah, everything's chill. We just found a camera on a bench someone hadn't <laughs> stolen. It's been there for ages. So. Um, yeah, no, and... Uh, you were just what, playing the Room 3. Yeah. This is, so we'll get to talk to Alan later about uh, our room experience. But yeah, I've, I've, I, I'm a bit more... Um, 
Well, I was worried because we were talking, you know, the guy who designed the game was showing it to us, yeah. and then you've got like all green and rocks up. It's kind of like, was oh, that that is that a room thing that Alan's always banging on about or something? You're like, oh great, <laughs> this is just what he wants to hear. No, because I came around to it. I was saying like, oh no, I get it now. I like the room. It, it, you know, not. I didn't tell him not quite enough to save it for the space. Line. I, I really don't think it is the best puzzle game. Of well, I told him that we put it as one of our three puzzle games in the space arc and he, he, he seemed quite impressed he looked utterly bemused <laughs> he had no idea what we were talking about because you described it as a vault well I, cause I was a bit I was <laughs> <quite> embarrassed <laughs> I didn't want to go we're building this arc for games because I might think you're a lunatic but by, by describing it as a vault I think he thought there was a real vault that we were putting these games into well he made a game called The Room so he'd probably like that <laughs> yeah. he'd be like oh yeah I'm down with that he probably thought you were making a rival game <laughs> really wait what get the, the hell out of here <laughs> just um, gave me a dead arm um, yeah, but yeah the Room 3 looks, room three looks, looks, looks good looks like good. Room 1 and 2 but a, yep. a new room a new room Alan will be thrilled I got oh, my little yeah. poster so we'll, we'll uh, I'll unveil that for him later see what he yeah. thinks uh, I played the new I played Amplitude which I helped kickstart single-handedly. And, and are you pleased with your investment? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they give refunds on the no, no. it, it seems okay, but it's a very early version, but I love rhythm games. Uh, uh, it's, it was better than that other rhythm game that you made me play with the shapes. Um, that, that, that didn't seem like a rhythm game. You know, with the full... Oh, it, look, it reminded me of it. It looked like a rhythm Tengoku get mini yeah, that, yeah, exercise. The, the one, one with the boxes. The, yeah, and then and you the shoot little, the... Yeah, the little rod. Yeah. No, that's the robot, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, yeah. What's it called? It's... Uh, factory... Yeah. Fa- uh, made to measure. <laughs> yeah, it was not like that at all. Yeah, yeah it didn't, the music didn't seem to match no. up with the... Uh, so yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. But that one was next to the incredible-looking Avery Attorney, yes. which is just Ace Attorney... Uh, remade with birds. Yeah, yeah, which you dragged me over to, <laughs> and drawn in like a sort of Victorian uh, print style. You're often having to go at me for games that, that when I like games that are gimmicky. That seems like a, a very, it's going to be a very short-lived gimmick. That, well, no, it's not. It's a good story. It just happens to be playing played out by birds. <laughs> but it, it's, had this it's very, it had this very smarmy lion character turn up with a cigar, <laughs> who I I instantly warmed to. <laughs> I like the look of him. It's a really good-looking game, actually. Yeah, it's uh, very attractively drawn, and their little beaks. Yeah, yeah, the animation when they talk. Yeah, that was good. I'm glad you showed me that one. But they're all. It's all sort of. They all sort of. They all call, like this. Uh, your your JJ. Oh, it's some kind of bird. His, his friend was called Sparrowton or something. Sparrowton. He was Monsieur Sparrowton. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm uh, hot for that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all of your interests all merged into one. <laughs> yeah. What do we see in the mor- more in the morning? Um, I feel like we've forgotten a load of games. We played, we, played. A th- we played a, a sort of fighting game that we didn't yeah. understand. Let's not, let's not talk about that. Cause <laughs> I, I don't think we can talk about it without seeming mean. <laughs> yeah. uh, we won't name it. No. Oh, um, I, I I saw that um, LA cops that you were talking oh, yeah. about. It seems a bit like uh, Hotline Miami, but yeah. sort of slicker and not slicker, but cleaner. It's obviously yeah. not as bloody. Yeah, that, that looked quite good actually. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've, I'm not playing it myself, but I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a go on it, but I like the. Very, I, what I like about indie games, they're, they, 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 a lot of them begin to have a nice clean 
pastel colour kind of look to them, you know, which I like. That driving game I was talking about, there's just a little sort of, um, a bit like, if you imagine Temple Run, but in a car, you have to swipe left and right down this sort of 3D road, mm. and the score is on, is like sitting on the horizon, right? Which is just a really nice touch. It just looked really good. It looked a bit like Crossy Road, and I was like, I like this look. I like this kind of clean polygons, you know. Look. Mm. I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> you dig it. Yeah. What about? Um, do you? Oh God. No, I've forgotten the name of it. I can edit it. Oh yeah. Do you also dig? Um, what was that? What was that weird space-based game that you... Oh, <laughs> you God, what was that she, about? She said, it's quite text-heavy, so you have to read through the instructions, and you just went, nope, skipping that. And then, <laughs> and then you basically you just sort of dragged the camera around this space on the moon or something. I didn't know what it was. What this sort of developer... Because, you know, unlike your kind of, like, your E3s or whatever, where you tend to get a lot of kind of hired people to come in and yeah, like, demo yeah. the game, these are the people this who actually <laughs> made the game. Just watching on in dismay as this sort of goon just goes, just clicks on things. Not interested in that. Builds a table in the middle of the room, three tables and a gun and turret, turrets. and then goes, Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think I've seen enough. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Walks away, hasn't, hasn't seen any of the actual game. I really enjoyed that. Have you got any stickers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just learned the controls, and then that's that's kind of enough. No, I'm out. <laughs> Done. I did like that, um, you know, that, that little game I showed you with the crowd of people. Uh, what was that called? Um, you know, with that kind of slightly oh, isometric you collect villagers. It's like a it's mob like game, like you're yeah. building like a mob. Yeah, yeah um, that, was, that was fun. Uh, uh, it was a really re- weird name. They had it, it, they had it stuck on the name stuck on a post-it note on the wall. Mm. Um, that was good. And I played a little, um, a little touchy tablet game where you have to like swipe balls, and, and so you got one ball, and you have to hit two balls at once with mm. that ball, and the. Um, the arena keeps changing shape in a kind of psychedelic way. That's quite nice. I can't remember yeah. it either. I've played something called uh, uh, Rude Bear Resurrected, which is that, that chap uh, we met. Yeah. And it was an end gamer uh, and NGC fan. Oh, um, yeah, Alex. Yeah, now yeah, turned yeah. developer, yeah. which is like awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a kind of a sort of super meat boy ish platformer yeah. in terms of quite switch platforming. Oh, yeah. Lots of instant deaths, but the, the kind of the sort of central gimmick is that um, every time you die, your body sort of stays in the world. Yes. And it can become like an aid for future runs. So yeah. if you jump into a spike pit, you can then jump onto the body from the last run yeah. as like a central platform, yeah, yeah. Um, which seemed good. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Um, and he said you can do it all without. The body stuff, but yeah, so I, actually quite, I actually quite like the idea of it as a, as a kind of almost as a, they're almost some puzzling elements that I quite liked. Yeah, yeah. okay. So he was like sort of impaling himself on the wall to give himself things that he could then wall jump off and things yeah. like that. So cool. um, yeah, I like the idea of a game that kind of gets. Sorry, I like the idea of a game that kind of has an intrinsic way of making the level easier. The, the more you get wrong, you yeah, know, the harder yeah. you're finding it, you kind of sort of building the level to make it yeah, easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I just noticed they got the red carpet out over there. I guess that's for the it's awards the later. Tonight. Yeah, I noticed with the BAFTAs, they had, I can't remember exactly what, but they had some space art picks, as I like to think of them, where they obviously got their categories: racing game, sports game. Like Ollie Ollie is nominated in the sports game category, and I was hmm. like, that's the kind of thing we would do when we, when we do sports on space art. We put Ollie. Ollie I, I'd be nervous because I picked. It's Ollie kind Ollie. of a sports. Oh, why is it? Like a platformer, or it's not. Yeah, I guess, but it's a digital representation of a sport. Yeah, it's it's a stretch, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's more like a sort of like not an endless run, but it's yeah, uh, no, it is is an endless run. That's exactly so. Yeah, Mm. 
Yeah, but I'm quite interested. All, all pretty good games nominated in the BAFTAs, from what I saw. I haven't really looked into it that much. Okay, I just know that Alien's been nominated for loads. Yeah, I expect that to be a big winner. I feel like we're reporting. I feel like we're reporting from the Oscars or something. Isn't yeah, <laughs> well, we should start commenting what people are wearing. Yeah. What are you most, wearing? Most, uh, jeans, a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, mostly Metallica <laughs> t-shirts. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, okay. Any, anything else you want to mention from your? Um, it's, it's a nice show, isn't it? It's yeah, nice it's nice. Except it's you know fundamentally the person showing you the games tends to be the person who made it, which is really really cool. Well, be careful what you say. Like, I upset that dungeon guy. Didn't well, you I? were like, oh, this is just like something else I've seen. And then starts trying to look it up on Google. <laughs> well, the guy's like, sort of pretending to be vaguely interested in you undermining the entire concept of his game. He's like, oh great, I hope you find it on Google because I really need to hear that. There, there's no original ideas. There's no original well, there ideas. are. I've never seen Ace Attorney done with birds. <laughs> oh, you have now. Yeah. That'll be a cliche in uh, five years. That's time. going in the space arc. <laughs> Uh, yeah. to legal games <laughs> he's a real legal eagle <laughs> oh, right on that note um, so yeah I, I, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Alan about the room later and, rub uh, it in his face what are we going to play now what have we got what have we got left more indie games more indie games <laughs> we've got no choice we're getting that coffin <laughs> we're getting the coffin <laughs> game yeah that coffin should have arrived by now there's a game where you play by getting in a coffin basically wearing an Oculus Rift looks <laughs> like you've been buried alive just to simulate the sensation of the coffin around you yeah. you sit in a real coffin you sit in a coffin <laughs> they, they, they were thinking of ways to make you feel that and then they took a shortcut they throw like sand in your face <laughs> and they, they get leave you, you for dead they get your family around just to sing hymns <laughs> and pray for yeah. you very immersive yeah uh, so yeah we should play that and uh, yeah well, I, give, I give Res 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 really yeah I really like it wow I give it a seven. Oh. Like, like everything <laughs> video game reviewers give. Uh, no, it's been good. I really like the atmosphere. It's a kind of preview day today, so it's uh, I think a bit quiet and it's going to get later yeah. in the week. So, um, yeah, should we sign off? Should we yeah. get off this platform? Let's get off this 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 roving <laughs> reporter platform. reporter platform. And yeah, I wonder where this is going to appear in the podcast. I don't know. Uh, let, let's let's say this is now going to segue into a bit a bit of the podcast. So. See, I guess we'll see you in a second. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>We find ourselves on a familiar platform. It is the 100% true facts fat platform. Uh, I almost said fact form then. Uh, <laughs> is it a fat? Is it a fat platform? It's been it's so a fat long. Platform. It's been so long. It's a, it's a platform made of solid facts. Um, it's very <laughs> much full of truth. Um, mm. And this week we are looking at uh, true facts about hit PlayStation Four sensation Bloodborne. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Which obviously everyone's raving about. Yeah. Uh, and that's without having heard these true facts. So wait until they get a load of this. Yeah. It's just going to like blow their minds. And because I've obviously, I obviously own a copy of Bloodborne, I bought it on day one and I've been playing it ever since, these true facts are um, obviously enhanced by absolutely extraordinary levels of knowledge about the game. There's no question mm. that I know a lot about Bloodborne and my, um, the facts, <laughs> the facts <laughs> discovered will reflect that. Well, I, I finished it on my fourth uh, time through the game. <laughs> you finished it on your hundred percent. You finished it on your. You finished it on your fourth time through the game. On my fourth time platinuming the <laughs> oh, game. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Who wants to fact us up then? Come on, Greener. You I'm hit gonna... us up with a fact. Yeah, Greener. Hit okay. Me. So um, most people have heard there's two kinds of weapons in Bloodborne, but uh, there's actually three. 
Um, so you've got your your blades, your trick weapons, as you know, that's that's the, the main type. Your firearms, which everyone knows. Uh, the third type is a yo-yo with a wasp on it. <laughs> it really hurts. If you die in Bloodborne, Chuck Norris punches a Mexican baby in the face. <laughs> what? 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 Every time anybody dies. Every, every time. It's horrible, that means isn't it? Chuck Norris is going full-on hundred hand slap <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> He's a busy man. That's interesting, because I've also got a fact about uh, dying in the game, because um, we all know it likes to punish failure. Uh, if you die ten times, it deletes your entire Bloodborne save file. Right. <laughs> if, if you Ooh. die twenty times, it starts deleting save files from other games you own. <laughs> and if you have the misfortune to die thirty times, which is quite likely, yeah. uh, it'll start deleting cherished childhood memories from inside your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that, true. But that's what makes it a good game. That's that's yeah. why and that's why it's a great game. Yeah. That's why it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Absolutely. So Miyazaki, the game's director, um, he originally thought he'd up the game difficulty um, even further, than, you know, even higher than it already is, um, by only allowing you to control the game via fax. <laughs> <laughs> I took that out. Maybe see it in the sequel. Next. If you get into a fight and it's going badly, mm. if you decide to flee this fight. You, uh, if you listen very carefully with headphones on, you can actually hear Miyazaki and the, and the creators of the game taunting you. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> you sure that isn't just the voices in your head? <laughs> oh, it could be that. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you know that Bloodborne is going to be really hard work right from the outset because on the character creation screen, you can pick from over 50 different types of frown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that relates to a Bloodborne fact that I've got. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Although, although you you can't see it because of the third person camera. Um, every time you press a button in the game, um, the hunter either winks or sticks his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's probably what makes all the enemies so angry at him. Oh, he's so cheeky. And sticking his tongue out—it's infuriating. Oh God, I can imagine that. It's his sheer sass. <laughs> Bloodborne is called Bloodborne because it's actually about Jason Bourne and his love of Bourneville chocolate. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what about the blood? <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious question. <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to say Jason Bourne and, he, and his constant nosebleeds. <laughs> but no, no, the blood, and that's just by the by. It's the Bourne you need to focus on. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that is a weird fact. Um, uh, and I've got another example of how hardcore this game is uh, in that if you go into character customization, strip away all the character's clothes, you'll see that he's wearing pants made of sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Just lovely. You can lower the difficulty of Bloodborne um, by taking your controller and smashing it repeatedly into your screen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it didn't work with Mario Strikers in the in the end camera office. It definitely didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was persistent about trying that. Uh, that yeah. yeah, I think we were misled on that sheet. Right. Uh, uh, Another interesting thing, because Bloodborne is so hard that the director didn't actually expect anyone would be able to get to the end, so he didn't make one. 
So if you, oh. if you if you reach the final boss, you'll just find a placeholder image of uh, Miyazaki looking vaguely incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, I know. So in an early version of Bloodborne, um, they were experimenting with, with something quite revolutionary, a fourth-person camera. Um, and that's just a view through Miyazaki's eyes um, from wherever he happens to be at that moment. <laughs> It does. It, it does make the game very difficult to control. Well, unless he's peering over your shoulder, <laughs> yeah. you'll probably be all right then. Yeah, yeah. or through your window Might be able to manage it. <laughs> through your window, giggling <laughs> as you cry. <laughs> to make the game extra hard, Sony is releasing a special dual shock controller where all the buttons are replaced with upturned drawing pins. <laughs> oh man, they, those are some grim facts. suitably grim Uh, there's actually in-app purchases in Bloodborne (laughs) you can you can purchase counselling for your character to help with his self-esteem it's not a mobile game (laughs) you mean (laughs) you know I'm obsessed with the monetization of these things I think I just find it funny there'd be in-app purchases in a Bloodborne game yeah there's like shields make it easier and everything (laughs) okay cool right last one Al the crescendo last one that's right, here we go. Uh, yeah, okay. The loading times in Bloodborne are famously quite long, mm. but what not many people know is that it actually loads instantaneously. The delay is purely artificial. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, I was waiting for you to say something was going on in the background or something. <laughs> no, it's just uh, nothing. No. Well, that, those were some good... Those were some good facts. I think we've all been so psychologically scarred by Bloodborne that I think it's probably for the best that we just get the hell off this current platform. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's see where we end up. But uh, first of all, this. We find ourselves on a, a, another familiar, good, comfortable platform. <laughs> it's a platform that, with a mirrored surface that allows us to look back in time, <laughs> interestingly. <laughs> and what? I'm really proud of this one. This... Uh, right, th- so we look back in time and we can see what we've been playing recently. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, except mirrors don't reflect time. <laughs> they only reflect light. Oh, oh, oh that's an interesting... Uh, it's one of those... T- it's a time mirror, Greener. <laughs> of course. Oh, well, that wasn't specified, but yeah, now, you, now you've said that, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Of course, a time, time mirror. mirror. So what have you been playing recently, Matthew? I have been playing a big console exclusive uh it's a game everyone's talking about it's famous for its rock hard difficulty oh. uh, it is of course Ori in the blind forest <laughs> nice. Uh, nice see what i did there you thought i was gonna yeah. say bloodborne yeah um, that's very good. um but yes it's it's a um <clears throat> a digital download game for xbox one uh, made by a, a group that's called moon studio but i'm pretty sure is actually kind of a like a, almost a sort of a band of freelancers across the globe who've kind of been brought together by Microsoft to sort of make this game a reality. So it's quite an interesting, interesting, interesting project for that reason. Um, it is a uh, what the kids like to call a Metroidvania. That is 
you know, mm. a game in the style of Metroid or Castlevania, a 2D exploration-based platformer mm. where you kind of... Do you wish, Matthew, do you wish it was out when we did when we had Metroidvanias going into the space? I arc? do, actually, because I'll tell you what, it is a brilliant example of one. Um, well, of course, it, it, it was out because the space arc takes place in oh, the year uh, 3000, well, yeah. of course. Yeah, I just so, forgot about I mean, it. I, yeah. A thousand years is a long time, and <laughs> by then it had left my mind because, you know... And by the year three thousand, you know they'd really uh, well. All the time, you know, all the time mirrors had been uh, cracked and broken. So it'd yeah, very hard it was to that. Get back and so you couldn't just, know that it was they'd, there. They'd really milked Ori dry by the year three thousand. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. all like I think it was around the time of like Ori Kart Racer. I was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Ori on mm. vacation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Ori like, goes bananas. <laughs> oh man, that was crazy. <laughs> he did go bananas. Um, but yeah, sorry. So it's a Metroidvania game. Uh, but what? And I think what makes it a great example of this? Two things. Uh, one, the powers which you kind of unlock throughout the game, which is kind of quite sort of integral to a good Metroid-esque mm. game, uh, are, are, are really really well done. They're just really well executed. So there, there are quite traditional powers. You double jump, you wall climb, and mm. it's a it's a very nice crisp platformer. It's just a, it's a very you know, uh, that stuff is very easy to get wrong. You know, there are lots of, you know, if your game character isn't sort of pleasant to move, that stuff, you know, you, your game may as well not exist. And, mm. and I think Ori's got a really nice sort of glide to him. It's quite like, um, I don't know if you've played the two recent Rayman games, it's kind oh, of yeah, got yeah. some of that slight, kind of like a lot of after steer. It's not a very rigid thing. It's mm. not like a shovel knight. It's it's a very kind of... Uh, very but, sort it, of uh, but Rayman was obviously, in, like, was encouraging you to, move around you know kind of kind of kind of elegantly string jumps and glides together you know, well that's what that, that that's what that's what this does and, and that, mm. that's why i think actually is, is is really good because you end up with very long segments where you're basically stitching together his sort of eight or nine different moves mm. and you know it's knowing that well i've got like one double jump that i can activate somewhere in here i can use a glide at some point i can yeah. use a wall climb at some point and you know your, your feet can kind of leave the ground for ages you know you can end up with just doing like 20 sort of seconds of breathless platforming and it's mm. that's excellent and it, i think what really makes it is he's got this power it's something i've not seen in a game before but it's this kind of dash jump which the sort of concept is he basically sort of grapples onto um, certain objects in the environment, like lanterns, but he can also use enemies or projectiles and then fires himself off them. So the idea is that mm-hmm. if you have lots of lanterns, you could just climb up them. But also if an enemy's shooting at you, you could ride like enemy projectiles like around the screen in a way. Oh, that sounds um, good. Okay. Yeah. No, so it's kind re- of a Bionic Commandos thing, but with a twist. Sort of. And it's it's... What what I like about it is I, th- I think it's particularly the projectile thing because obviously everything's shooting at you, but as long as you remember it, you can basically negate any kind of thing coming towards you and use it to your advantage. So like if there's an area you can't quite reach, if you can get an enemy to fire towards it, you could use that projectile to then like sort of slingshot yourself up to the hidden mm. area, um, mm. which good. ties in to the second thing, which is kind of key for a good Metroid game, which is how it uses those powers to kind of slowly unveil the world 
and sort of unveil a layer of secrets sort of hidden mm. throughout the map. Yeah. And I think Ori does that really well. Like, it's very well paced. I mean, I've seen some people complain about backtracking, but actually, as I went through it, you know, I found that it it led me on quite a nice route around the map that I didn't feel like, oh, I'm doing this busy work again. You know, there was always yeah, yeah. something you could do differently, particularly when you return with that dust jump, you know, segments which took ages. You can just ride enemies all the way around them, and it's that's, that's really great. nice. I think that's really important. Mm. Um so I suppose it, it kind of relies on you remembering that these things are there if you're going to have well, that kind of what, mechanic I, there. It must stand out. It, there, there's a bit of that, but what I mean is, is, is the the way it leads you around the map, it kind of, it just has a very natural way of making sure you're going through certain areas so that you just sort of organically notice them as you're going past. You're like, oh, of course I can do that now. You know, it's only when you're down to like the last 5% of items that you're really having to kind of, hoover everything up and mm. that and really pick over every room in in detail and i i really like that about it i the other thing is because it's a difficult game like it, it it's quite unusual because it's very sort of uh it's got this beautiful animation style ori himself is this quite like disney-esque or sort of almost like studio ghibli ghibli how you pronounce it kind of like sort of japanese he 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 um sort of anime sprite so you know that you know, it's the kind of thing you'd think, oh, this looks quite childish, but actually it's a brutal platform. I mean, it's mm. a, a really tough. And, I, you know, I consider myself to be quite good at that kind of game. Mm. But, I mean, it's, it's like harder than... It's definitely harder than, like, any of the recent Rayman games in terms of its platforming. It's got some really nasty stuff in it. But, well, like, he's a very able character, and that's... it's You know, it's never unfair. Um, so, uh, when I think about, recent, you know, modern-day Metroidvanias, I, it, Guacamole always pops into my head as a sort yeah. of quint- quintessential uh, sort of modern g- game of that yeah, style. Yeah, the, 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 one, it... one of the problems I had with Guacamole was that I felt it sort of signposted where powers were going to be used too much. You know, it had, like, a big blue block, which the blue power could destroy, and a big green block, mm. which the green power could destroy. And, mm. like... To, in in some stretches of it, admittedly, like you strung together those moves, and and Ori's quite like that in in how you have to kind of stitch it all into one kind of smooth thing to get around mm. the map. But like Guacamole, I thought it's it hard. Like, Guacamole, it, it felt quite gamey as well. I thought it felt quite like it wore it on the surface. Like I think Ori is slightly more organic, just for being set mm. in this sort of forest where all the hidden things are hidden quite naturally behind sort of bushes and vines mm. and this kind of stuff. Um, oh, cool. Uh, it's 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 really good I and mean, it's absolutely and it, it like it's just one of the best looking 2d games i've ever seen like the animation is just incredible like the environments the amount of um it's like sort of um sort of parallax scrolling gone mm. mad like there's so many layers to everything and it's all shifting around and everything like when you land like all the plants near you kind of sort of shake a little and it's just everything is animated I and mean, it's like an, a genuine like amazing artistic achievement like every screen just looks like you know you just want to look at it all and pick over it and ah, uh i cool. i think it's absolutely i think it's absolutely amazing game Sweet. um so I love it. What did you make of the narrative? Because it's it's quite a sort of emotionally involving story. Yeah, well, that's 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 the, that's, the str- that's the really strange thing. So it starts with this ten minute like um, interactive cutscene, which some people have likened. I I, I did it in my review actually uh, to the beginning of Up in the way it kind of sets yeah. like this emotional investment. But and it and it it does it brilliantly. I and mean, it's a re- mm. for a sort of almost silent that is storytelling that you're mm. kind of playing some of it but not all of it, and it conveys 
you know, t- you know, way more than like a nasty kind of CG cutscene ever could. I mean, it's, it's it's that's really good. But that's the thing, and that almost goes, oh, this is really something your kids are going to love. And then, like a second you finish that cutscene, it starts kicking your ass like brutally. Huh. And I think that's quite an unusual thing. I don't know if that's yeah. it feels a little kind of not unbalanced like i i liked it but i could see how that might rub some people the wrong way um yeah. it would sort of set a slightly false expectation doesn't it yeah absolutely you know it yeah it's tough but it's on it's on pc as well so if you've got a pc you can yeah play. and and i saw i saw a story that i think mcv did where they'd um they'd they'd done the top 10 chart as though downloads were added to it because i guess downloads are not part of the a crazy show. idea. What kind of madness <laughs> is that? And yeah. so, yeah, it was really good. I think Ori and the Ori and the Blind Forest was at six or seven or, or something. Yeah, wow. and it's it's nice, and it's arguably the best Xbox One exclusive game. Like, oh. it's just it. It's your first. Mm. It's your first absolutely must have. Like, I think it's really good, and it's like fifteen quid. Like, you'd be mad not to get it. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. So oh, thumbs yes. up. So that's Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, Alan, Good. what uh, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a few different things since last we spoke. Um, I wanted to say something. I finally caught up with the rest of you, and I've um, I started, I've played a fair bit of Shadows of Mordor, uh, which I am enjoying tremendously. Oh, I since I heard, since we talked about it on the pla- on the uh, on the podcast, Caragor uh, way back. God, Caragors are rock hard, aren't they? You don't want to go toe to toe with one of those boys until you've unlocked that ability where you can, you know, uh, get rid of them quite easily. Yes, um, it's a it's a cracking game. It yes. sort of scratches lots of uh, itches that I have. I love that kind of open world uh, third person adventure kind of Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the combat scheme of Batman. Um, it's very satisfying, you know. I don't think I've got tired of of stabbing orcs mm. yet. It feels great. Mm. Um, the world is alive. It yes, really is. absolutely. Like, stuff happens, you know. Just you find yourself in a scrap with someone, and then suddenly something else comes along, like a Caragor or yeah. a, or another captain or a war chief or whatever. Just suddenly rocks. Yeah, up. it's like the constant. Or someone turns off an alarm. It's like that it's sort of thing that Far Cry three, uh, three, and and maybe more four had, where you you can't walk for twenty meters without something happening to you. But I got a bit tired of it in Far Cry, but in Shadows of Mordor, I just loved getting sucked into things as I as I walked around. There's, you know? there's little dramas happening everywhere. Mm. Like, and even in fact, when I first that the first hour or so of playing the game, you're moving around, and it it really feels dangerous because there's orcs ever everywhere, everywhere orcs I should say everywhere, <laughs> and just getting from A to B in the first hour or two of the game mm. is tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you really have got to dodge around people yeah, yeah. and um, and take care where you're going, and you know. Pick off a couple just to kind of make your way through. And yeah, watch out for caragors and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a great game. But what I wanted, what I sort of noticed about it is a caragor. I just <laughs> I keep saying it. It's is uh, what I noticed really was was how it has uh, it focuses on skirmishes. That you know um, that sense of getting into fights with like uh, six or seven enemies and a caragor. Uh, it, <laughs> You're going to keep on, aren't you? <laughs> this is your new catchphrase. Conti- sorry, oh, continue. Boy. I won't do it. I won't and do like, it if, it, if it's yeah, you will. <laughs> go on, go on, do it. Go on. I'm just trying to put it in when in the middle of a sentence. All right, okay, all right. Just just g- give me a little wave when you're going to do it. All right. 
Okay. Well, you'll know what I'm going to do so, because a caragor will have appeared. <laughs> and then I have to say that I've seen a caragor. <laughs> okay. So, okay, right. So you get into a fight and it's going badly. Say so you're, you're, you think you're, your health's getting low and you can kind of fade away for a while. You, you've got the ability to run away and, and hide up, uh, which, which Batman has to some extent, where you can mm. leg it up onto a parapet for a while and, uh, and kind of gather yourself and gather your, your, your strength again. Um, but in Mordor, it's like these kind of strike and fade guerrilla warfare type mm, of thing, yeah. which is really, which I've, I'm, is another thing you get in Far Cry actually, which is sort of using the environment to your advantage and uh, mm. and sort of picking off foes carefully to kind of thin the pack mm. and all that kind of stuff. It's really, or indeed unleashing. Go on, say it, say it, Mark. Um, you, that, that that special ability you've got to. No. <laughs> Damn it. So... <laughs> Um, we're going to have to spin an elephant. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to spin out into. Uh, we have to spin off a, a Mordor specific podcast at this rate, aren't we? Yeah, I think I could quite happily do a podcast on on nothing but Mordor. Good Mordor chat. Yeah, it's it's great. There's a good little um, YouTube video online. <sighs> Who did it? One of the YouTube channels did it. I can't remember which, but they get some guys dressed up as orcs, um, and they go. Oh, it's Mega sixty four, isn't it? Yes, that's right. And they they they, they look and sound perfect, and they're just uh, terrifying people on the street. But they've got all the they've even got the voice and and the phrases down perfectly. It's fantastic. Oh, if you're if you're a Mordor fan, it's uh, or indeed uh, um, a Cockney geezer or and, a uh, Caracor. Oh, no, it doesn't, <laughs> didn't really work there. So, so, oh, so yeah, massive, massive thumbs up. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I, I've, yeah. I, I don't want to be a pain in the ass, but I've actually called on it somewhat. Well, it's been nice. It's been nice having you on the podcast. I don't, with you. I don't want to spoil yeah, we've the moment. Call, we've so called I'll, on you. I'll, I'll, you know? We can dis- we can discuss this another time. <laughs> yeah, well, when we do, yeah, when we do the Shadow of Mordor section next week, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we can t- we can talk about it then. So you yeah. said you played something else as well, Al. Uh, yeah, I had. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I played a bunch of stuff since last we spoke, but um, I wanted to mention uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which came uh, free on Xbox Live um, mm. a couple of months ago. It was uh, free on Games with Gold. Mm. So I got around to playing it um, with my wife, and um, I'd read uh, an interview with, uh, the, with um, oh, what are they called? Um, Starbreeze Studios, yeah, the, the oh, Swedish yeah. guys. And yeah, they... Yeah said that um, it was a game intended to be played by one person, right? But lots of people have been playing it, two people on one controller. So I thought I would do that with Laura. And um, she's not a gamer, so it was quite an interesting uh, sort of experience of the two of us kind of making our way through. and Like and a, t- seeing... a tale of two madrils. <laughs> <laughs> Something like, well, that's just made it weird. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm the older brother and she's the younger brother. So, you know, that it's got this great dynamic where, I mean, if you don't know the game, um, there's the older brother and the younger brother and you're on the same screen. You're using one stick to control one and one stick to control another. So we're sharing the same controller, moving around, solving pretty basic puzzles. There's no real sort of threat of death, really, unless you fall off a platform or something. But, does it, does it, know. does it, is that an established multiplayer mode or did you just play it with um with... i think i'd heard of people doing it right so yeah uh but the but 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 starbreeze say that is not what they had in mind no, it, no. there's nothing telling you that that is a way to play it yeah but the game you... is so much about cooperation it really works mm. have you and... so have you finished the game yet not yet. No, we're playing it kind of bits and bobs. You know, <laughs> we're playing like an hour here and an hour there I'll be, and stuff. 
I'll be interested to see what your experience okay. is. That's delicately avoiding choice. spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Basically, Alan it ends with this huge rap battle. It's the st- <laughs> sweet. <laughs> it's so and misjudged. It's so Brilliant. wide of the mark. <laughs> so I found. Um, I don't know how far you've got, but there is some like just surreally beautiful moments in that game um, well you mean interactions like with uh, the ogres well, and the giant with, with the giants and stuff yes they're, they're, yeah the, and, and the settings it's all it's all based on um a starbreeze uh swedish yes swedish yeah I, I, apparently a lot of it's based on scandinavian mythology and, and folk tales yeah that would make sense that would make sense i mean the 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 uh the giants are quite troll-like aren't they yeah mm. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really smart game. I, what I love about it is how it um, like foreshadows everything, so you always see where you're heading to. You know, if you see mm. like a castle on the distance, yes. you know you're going to end up in that castle. And the way yeah. it stitches together, like it really feels like a journey because it's unbroken the whole time. You, you know, That's there's right. no loading mm. screens that I can remember anyway. You know, it, it feels like a proper trek that you've made with these characters, and yeah. I remember yeah, seeing really that castle and seeing like this sort of bridge bit that leads into yeah. it and it's got all these sort of towers sticking up and you think, right, I'm going to have to do climbing oh, and swinging between yeah. those towers. That's the, and that, of that course, five minutes tough. later, you do. That bit where you're tied together with ropes is like yeah, you're absolutely oh. brilliant. That's about, that's about as good as it gets. So yeah. much fun as well. And yeah. really great with the two of you because you have to talk to each other and say, right, you hang on, I'm going to let go of the trigger <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and swing up to the next bit. That's weird. Really so honest. you're do, you're acting out in in between you what 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 my, the brothers my, are doing? Yeah, what, what, what Nye well, and Naya are going through? Yeah, yeah. But I was also going to say you're you, you're you're externalising an internal monologue I had in my brain trying to play it as one player, which is uh, oh, so you played it with one player? Did you um have was it basically like trying to sort of pat your head and rub yeah, your stomach? Absolutely, it's pretty I, much I, that. I, yeah, it took me quite a while to get through the the, the first sort of village bit. I seem to remember because it was just like ah, just just con- controlling the wrong guy yeah. and um, yeah. But um, but but I suppose I, it's more like with me, I'm I'm patting Laura's head and she's rubbing my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I th- you know I think keep that stuff behind closed doors, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's this home is, life. This is this yeah. is a family joint. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh well, keep keep at it, Al. Keep at not the not the weird, not the batting uh, and the yeah, yeah. couple of <laughs> but, stuff. But uh, the, yeah, no, the, we'll, we'll, the, uh, I think we'll, we'll finish it at some point. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, I, I've been I've been uh, catching up with my indie games um, the last uh, week or so. So I've been playing I've been playing this Deadbolt. Have you Have you guys heard of this? No, I don't know it. It's not a finished game. It's just a, a little. Um, you know, a little experimental indie game, but um, it's pretty neat. Uh, it's not, it's, um, it, it's, it's not bad at all. So it look, it's, it's very obviously inspired by Gunpoint. Uh, it's got the same sort of look and, and feel. Um, but you play, I think you play Death is the idea, uh, instead of like a, what is he, a detective in uh, yeah. Gunpoint? And, um, and you're, it's a very strange plot. Something to do with that you have to... There's zombies in all the locations and you have to kill them to set their souls free or something. I don't really understand it. <clears throat> but um, Oh, yeah, so it's all merciful. <laughs> yeah, merciful death. So, yeah, so it's a little bit gunpoint, but there's but it's, it's a sort of... It's a sort of feel of Hotline Miami about it a bit as well because you are... 
you know the aim is just to murder everyone and and everyone ragdolls and uh there's blood everywhere it's it's 2d uh but there's pixelated blood and and uh and uh, yeah, you're sort of stabbing people with a with a knife over and over again. Oh, great! Uh, you got some big, big, uh, big sort of beefy guns. It's just a re- it's just very, very satisfying. You know, you, it's it's similar to Gunpoint in that you if if enemies see you from a distance, they will kill you instantly. So you have to try you have to try and sort of sneak up on them, or mm. you can turn lights on and off like in Gunpoint. Um, it, the, he's got a really weird ability, which I didn't know Death has, of being able to sneak through. Um, sneak into vents uh and then go through uh i guess what a vents or sewers and then emerge from a toilet in a in a different room uh, which is pretty uh, pretty undignified for death, <laughs> but uh is an effective way of uh sneaking up on something oh, you, so, you yeah, don't want that from the grim reaper do you <laughs> i wouldn't rule it out <laughs> no, no, let's face it we all we'd all do it give me if a you've chance. just died <laughs> when the first person you meet you don't want them to have climbed out of a toilet <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't say welcome to heaven to me. <laughs> See, now I'm picturing the beginning of train spotting, where it's all rather nice. Yeah. There, when he goes oh, I'm afraid you're dead. Oh, great. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Um, it, yeah, there's something. Although it's very very early and is nowhere near finished, it's um it's got a very nice uh, solid um, sort of feel to it. Um, you can duck behind tables um, to protect yourself, and there's this. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you can knock on doors, right? When you get up close to a door and there's an enemy behind it, you can press E to knock. And you yeah. can do that as many times as you want. And I, and they'll come to the door? Uh, yeah. And I, you just get there's something it's very, very addictive about just knocking on the door over and over again and doing different knocks. <laughs> just like, it's just very, it's just such a neat little thing. It's more um, like Metal Gear Solid Two, no? Can you not? Oh, I haven't played uh, much Metal Gear Solid Two. Can you? Can you rap on a door? Not, yeah, well, you can rap on, um, you know, all sorts of doors and surfaces and walls and stuff. What yeah. do I mean three? So you can. Which one yeah. is it where you can do that? Uh, on the PlayStation. Well, you know, I, you know my feeling about Metal Gear: doors or no doors. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite hard, um, but yeah, it's quite neat, uh, and yeah, I, I recommend it. It's recommended by me for being a neat little. Why is death? Why is death killing everyone? Something. So basically, this. Well, I don't like to break uh, it to you, Matthew. But... No, but no, but he he mops up after yeah, someone else has kill killed people. you. It's a very good and very um, pertinent question. So the idea is that you get to the end of the second or third level, and there's you sit in front of a fireplace, and then the fire in the fireplace starts talking to you and saying something like the way people are dying means that their the fire can't that their souls are not being extinguished or whatever so death has to finish do the job properly by killing them so that they're dead for him this sounds like something that comes from a dream (laughs) you know that's a what kind of narrative is that when you were saying that i thought only in video games would this be a thing. Yeah. Like, because like, you just said, oh, yeah, the fire starts talking to you and the fire says, what? What are you talking about, man? Can you imagine death breaking it to you that he killed you? So you've just died and you're like, death, how did I die? And he's like, oh, God. I had, <laughs> like, yeah, I killed, you, I killed you with a knife. It's like, I oh, this you. is awkward. But hang on, what, what's he doing with a knife as well? Come on. <laughs> what happened to his that's, side? That's weak. 
what you're not going to start questioning the narrative the narrative inconsistency of video games are you <laughs> come on we could do better than that uh yeah no it is a, it is odd but the oddness makes it kind of kind of cool um and yeah it's a very satisfying game um yeah press e to knock on the website that doesn't make sense yeah just go and download it <laughs> Um, so that's what i have been playing thanks greener that's good to hear uh so let's do something else now shall we (laughs) but before we do that we should do this we've landed on another platform and i hope you liked the last platform where we talked about rest because (laughs) that's what we're doing on this platform too uh (laughs) This yeah. was uh, having had a little chat at lunchtime. We uh, we went our separate ways and we played some more games at rest, and then we sat mm. down for a chat at the end of the day. Um, but we sat uh, we sat on the cusp of a red carpet and we chatted about uh, what was going on around us. So uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this uh, this second roving report. So Matthew, here we are at the end of rest. Yeah, How have you found it? Uh, very good. <laughs> um, I'm tired, I'm just really tired Yeah, you look tired When you said, just before we started recording this You said, oh, I'm shattered I just need to sit down That's like an old person who's about to die in a film Because let me just sit for five minutes And then you cut And it's like, Grandma, Grandma The camera just pans away from Wait, the back of my head And you're let like me just, Let me just rest my head for five minutes <laughs> Well, it'd be a very appropriate end So that's what, you're, that's what you sound like uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of noise. So the BAFTAs are about to happen. The BAFTAs are. There's a lot of people in a very smart dress all queuing up. It's really on the, s- on the literal red carpet. Yeah. Um, to get into the uh, the award ceremony. We're all like slobs. Yeah. It's like slobs, and then all these purple yeah. tuxedos. I've got a coat that I only just sewed up the pocket on to give myself a halfway look of someone <laughs> who isn't coming out the street. And yeah. now I'm I'm among uh, the great and the good. Yeah. Do you see any gaming celebrities queuing up there? No, but you had a you had a gaming oh, celebrity encounter. Yes, I had a little celebrity encounter. I uh, bumped into Carl Hilton, um, the developer, uh, former Rare developer, and then Free Radical, Time Splitters. Uh, we talked about um, Second Sight as well. Oh yeah, a game that when I'm talking about Split Second, I often refer, <laughs> I often call Second Sight. Uh, well, they're very similar. Very similar games, yeah. Um, oh, it was great to meet Carl Hilton. I got a selfie with him, and I felt a bit starstruck because he is awesome. I didn't mention that we kicked time splitters out of the into the uh, lava, into the lava on the space <laughs> arc. But uh, yeah, he probably would be amused by that anyway. No one's up for our space arc chat. <laughs> the guy who did the room, <laughs> yeah. Carl Hilton. We can f- see if we can find Peter Molyneux and see what he thinks about the space arc. He's got to be here somewhere. He's got an opinion, isn't he? He certainly has. But yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. It was a really nice atmosphere. I thought just a very chilled, you know. And it's, you know, it's genuinely good to see a really wide range of games now. Genuinely, people being interested in, you know, if you ten years ago, I can't imagine a little show like this with all these quirky sort of indie games. No. no. Uh, and if they, and it would have just been tucked away in a corner, and all the triple A games would have been getting all the attention. But an actual game that's like pretty much dedicated to indie is uh, great. Yeah, and you get a real interesting taste of like spectrum of the indie scene yeah. in that there's kind of like Xbox published indie games but right down you know you're at an indie festival and then there's a room which is called like left field and you're yeah. like all of this is kind of left field yes what's the left field of the left field and you <laughs> yeah. go in there and you see a man inside a pretend coffin <laughs> and you're like yes yes that is left field, <laughs> <That> is left field. <laughs> correct yes 
and bird lawyers. <laughs> you can't get over them bird lawyers. I can't. <laughs> all about the bird lawyers. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, yeah, so we're going to do something else now. We're going <laughs> to leave Res. Leave all these people in tuxedos and dresses. Yeah, and so thank you. Leave on a high. Leave on a, leave on a high. So, uh, yeah, goodbye Tobacco Dock. And hello. That's where it's being held. That's <laughs> <laughs> Just because everyone's like, oh god, that was that was weird. Yeah. What's happened? What's happened to Greener? <laughs> referencing some, something that happened to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been yeah. So it's been good. And uh, I, yet again, I don't I don't know what is where this is sitting in the podcast. So we'll just say goodbye, and then you get. You, Listener finds out what happens next. be fun. I'm jealous. They know. We don't. <laughs> they can see the future. Yeah. Well, goodbye. Bye. It is the year 3000. Apocalyptic disaster has struck in what has become known as the event. Millions are dead or dying in the molten lava of a collapsing planet. The one beacon of hope, the space arc, constructed to protect humanity's best people and greatest works carry them safely to a new home beyond the stars. Racing against time, the Space Arc Games Committee convenes to decide which video games will be preserved for future generations and which will be lost forever to the fire. Yes, Space Arc has a theme tune now, which uh, you just heard. Uh, so that means we don't have to explain what we're doing here. We can just oh, go sweet s- mercy. <laughs> we just go straight into it. Well, it means that um, we can focus on picking games. So this week's genre is light gun games, plastic gun games, right? Yeah. We've already got a plastic gun in the space arc. <laughs> uh, it's got, it is attached to Operation Wolf, which came in with us when we did... For, uh, what did we, what on rail, we did on shooters. rail shooters, which is shooters. quite which is quite similar to this week's genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I suppose they are all more or less. Yeah, they're they're pretty much all on rails, aren't they? These uh, light gun games, physical yeah. gun games. I suppose. Don't, by let, let, let's not destroy our own concept. So, um, so Alan, do you want to tell us what um, what you've got for us? What you want to preserve? Well, I wanted to uh, pick something a little bit... Maybe it's not the sort of game people usually associate with this genre, but, Mark, it's something you and I played um, quite recently. Um, quite recently, plus 984 years. Well, quite recently, by you know, in, in, in our terms, but I mean, we've been alive a long time. So. <laughs> oh, God. Are we so old now that 984 years ago seems recent? It's, it was, it's basically, you know, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. It's point blank. In the arcade, my friends, yeah. specifically in the arcade with the pink gun and the blue gun, mm. and um, this is a great game. Point Blank is, um, I suppose, I suppose it's a Nintendo e version of uh, gun games. Except there already are, obviously, games like Duck Hunt, etc. But uh, it's the one which is fun. It's the one which is silly. It's the one mm. which um, has. Uh, characters parachuting, you have to shoot the parachutes, or it has uh, fruit, or it has elements. It's lots of little mini games, essentially, that yeah. you're playing. You choose yeah. your difficulty, and you choose which kind of which one of the types of games you're going to play. But there are games which are not just, you know, like shooting zombies in the head, like a um, like House of the Dead or something like that, or shooting dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. But it, what you're doing is you might be shooting targets or you might be shooting something mad little silly thing, bombs or something. Um, and 
uh, it's not always just a test of your shooting skills. It might be a test of your memory. It might be a test ah. of your um, mm. ability to spot the difference between two things. Mm. Or there are sections where you have to shoot numbers to add up to a different number. So yeah. it's got all yeah. sorts of different things going on with it. Um, it's it's very, very sharp. It's Despite the kind of fun, fuzzy, you know, silly style, it's a tough game. Yeah, it's um, the, it, the toughness comes from it being a game that wants you to put more coins in because there's yeah. some it's very harsh some of those uh some of those rounds yeah they are i mean it's tough but then it, it as a series of mini games it doesn't really matter yeah. um you know because I'm, I'm presuming that we're on free play here you know we're not going to have to actually find money to put in these things <laughs> oh we made that we're right back to the operation wolf conversation well, it's actually it's these arcade games that we're saving that are financing the construction of the space arc. <laughs> so that's what they're for. Oh, so yeah. it's like there's a little the money goes rolling down through the machine down a chute uh, into the the space arc bank essentially. Yeah, it's, it, I, it, yeah, we've got like a Scrooge McDuck style vault. <laughs> so um, and some and we're, we're all swimming pretty, around inside. Well, some people would money. argue it's pretty gross that considering money is tight that we've built a giant vault for coins, but. <laughs> Mayor, does anyone know what the deal is with that strange little dude from Point Blank? Because I always think he mm. looks like the love child of Wario <laughs> and Bert from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there's he two. Looks like there's a, a chef, doesn't he? There's a tall one and a there's a tall thin one and a short fat one. Um, mm. So oh. to me, it's more of the love child of um, that. Uh, what are they called? Terence and Philip from South Park, <laughs> and a and a Smash Martian, which is probably. <laughs> No one will, will remember uh, either in 2015 or the year 3000. No, that, that, both those things have been included as cultural artefacts in the space arc. So. <laughs> now, interesting, with those two little guys, they're apparently Dr. Don and Dr. Dan, right? So I'm presuming they're either medical or academic doctors. They either have PhDs or MDs. So Why are know, they so big respect, into please. guns if they're doctors? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. It's probably. I tell you what. I guarantee you, they got their their uh, credentials from the same hack academy that gave it to uh, Doctor Mario. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not medical just, practice. Just, none of them practice medicine. Yeah, Doctor Robotnik. What's, what's he ever? What's he ever done for? Uh... There's somewhere where you're going through their yearbook and all the staff are just like, oh man, we've we've done some real damage to the world. <laughs> Look right. at these guys. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put point blank straight on the fast track into the space arc because that is a that is, that is gonna really cheer us up that game. Um, it's, yeah, uh, me and Alan had a enormous amount of fun in that arcade in Peckham. Peckham. I want to say Peckham. Yeah. Uh, where they have it, uh, they have it there. The thing is, though, isn't isn't playing Point Blank going to just remind you of uh, make you feel sad for Peckham, which you know obviously drowned in lava a long time ago? Yeah, sort of in the late seventies, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> no, I think. Um, Sorry, I think it has. To, I think it's. Uh, it has to go in, Matthew. You, your 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 say means nothing um, now. That oh yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy for it to go in. I, I, I want to hear what you say though. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun thing. Let's put it in. 
it's yeah. good, it's good it's good times it's just guaranteed good times point guaranteed blank. good Can't times go yeah let's let's get some guaranteed good times in the uh, yeah because they yeah, are going to yeah. be few and far between that's right. um, let's face it we're quite bad at picking games for the space arc so this is a bit of a safer choice yeah yeah <laughs> it's People... an actually good game yeah that's right awesome point blanks in then hey can i do my space arc pick now please yeah, um, yeah. I, <laughs> you know i haven't played many uh I haven't played many light gun games, I realised in retrospect. Um, so I'm going to pick the Super Scope 6 collection from the Super Nintendo. So everyone remembers uh, Duck Hunt and the NES light gun. Um, not, I wouldn't. I would say not so many people remember the giant plastic bazooka type thing that the Super Nintendo uh, had released for it. Mm. Um, where, yeah, which, good old family-friendly bazooka. Yeah, I know it's crazy for for mm. you know. I mean, in some ways, it it's you know, I find the plastic gun concept a bit of an odd fit for Nintendo in its super family-friendly image. But yeah, a mm. giant plastic bazooka. I don't know what they were what they were thinking. And yeah, it actually sits on your shoulder and it's got. I don't remember <laughs> it as a little. Uh, you could just plas- you could just imagine Yamuchi like making a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> I love bazookas, 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 bazookas. And they were like, oh, right. And he's like, can we call that a Yamuka? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's some true facts there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the Nintendo Scope 6. He was addicted to bazookas, that guy. Oh, and, yeah. and everybody else was too scared to say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think well, after he died, they they fulfilled his dying wish by shooting him out of a bazooka, <laughs> uh, didn't they? As, as, I, as I remember, like Hunter Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, the Super Scope Six sat on your shoulder, um, and <clears> and <throat> it came. So it came with a pack-in cart with uh, what Nintendo claim was six games, but in fact were th- uh, three games. Um, one, uh, one. So you had a kind of um, game of Tetris, um, which you played using a bazooka, um, <laughs> and it and it had um, two variants. You had a kind of space shooter called Laser Blazer, which I don't. It was so bad I didn't really didn't really play it very much, and that had three variants: uh, intercept, engage, and confront. Also, coincidentally, the modes that Yamauchi had. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he must have had he must have had sex to do this game. <laughs> yeah. They were his three steps for dating: <laughs> intercept, engage, and confront. Oh man, I hope these are very topical Yamauchi jokes are going well with our, with our listeners. Um, Anyway, so then, yeah, the third game, which is the best of the bunch, is uh, Mole Patrol, which is basically a pop-up bash the moles game. Um, Was it actual, like, moles, you, you know, yeah. uh, things on your skin? <laughs> God, like no. Uh, sort of dark <laughs> things are popping up on your God. skin. You've got to shoot them. Yeah, another Doctor-related uh, uh, video game. No, it, 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 they, they were they were proper. They were like the moles, what um, Super Mario World type moles, from what I remember. You know, the little ones that would pop out of the pop out of the ground and the and the okay, walls. yeah, yeah, multi mole, multi mole, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm struggling to. 
Because um, it sounds like this pitch sounds like you telling us why each of the mini games was crap. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. just all three of the mini games yeah. crap. So Superscope was... Six, right? I mean, why does it stick in the memory? Well, um, because the bazooka, you know, the bazooka is the most preposterously proportioned light gun of them all, and remains that way to this day. I think um, <clears throat> remains that to this day. Uh, it was, you know, it's a spiritual. Uh, successor to the much loved uh, Duck Hunt, um, and uh, I like Whack a Mole. I, I made a hmm. I made a big thing when I was probably in my teenage years. Um, I used to hunt out Whack a Mole games at uh, fairgrounds and theme parks, and make it my mission to try and get a, a high score on them. So this allowed me to play it in the comfort of my own home. Um, with a giant bazooka strapped to my shoulder. Um, <laughs> Comfort. And, yeah, that's yeah. quite. So, that's quite an interesting objective for a teenager to have. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it were, sounds like the, it sounds times. like the beginning spiel of a particularly rubbish kind of TV series of like <laughs> he would just walk the land trying to find whack-a-mole machines. Yeah, it, it finds like it sounds also like one of those things that they find out after someone's been on a killing spree. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds to me like the start of an of an early nineteen eighties um, film where which ends with giant moles attacking the earth and the and the. Obviously, the child who has been practicing this uh, yeah. gets to gets to save the planet. Oh, but, they should do that. They should do Whack a Mole the film, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like battleships. Yeah. God. Yeah. Whack a Mole is awesome, isn't it? So good, and that's why. That's exactly why. Uh, Super Scope Six. <laughs> Don't cart. try hijacking <laughs> the wheel towards Whack a Mole. Nice. Ride that wave, Greener. You, you it's going to work. You saw right through it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not pretending this is a great set of games. Um, uh, I, I am just what well, my my main pitch is. Uh, I don't think there's many light gun games, and this is all I had. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think I think I feel bad for you, Mark. I'll be honest. I feel exactly. quite bad for you because exactly. you're I'm playing a sympathy card. You've already had like you've just followed um, Point Blank, which is a selection of kind of quite cute, quite fun mini games mm. uh With, which is really good yeah the the, the quintessential um, and and all-time classic collection of light gun mini games so and and you're you're trying to bring super scope six which i think <laughs> yeah. is a brave move it's yeah. audacious <laughs> and one should salute that mm. yeah before Thanks. before destroying it instantly and, and, <laughs> and tossing it casually into the fire yeah there is there is one thing we should take into account though which is uh, obviously our glorious space leader is the reanimated body of Yamuchi. So, if <laughs> yeah, we're that's keep, true. We don't want to anger him. Yeah. If we're going to keep him sweet, he's going to want to see that super scope like on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, want to get on the wrong side of his Yamuka, do you? <laughs> no. So that's what we've got to weigh up here. Do we do right by the people or like right by our careers? <laughs> If the question is, do you do right by the people or right by Yamauchi, there's only ever one answer to that yeah. question, um, and that is Yamauchi every time. Yeah. Well, mm. now you're trying to play fear as a card. It's interesting. <laughs> this is a sort of, you know, an insight into your approach to relationships, possibly. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I, I, le- it, I learn it all from Yamauchi. <laughs> go, go for pity, and then if that doesn't work, go for fear. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. That's right. No. And you're stuck in the space art with me. You engage... <laughs> And you consult, no, and then you intercept confront. and confront. Yeah, <laughs> so what's what's the verdict? Mm. Uh, 
it's a no from me. Yeah. I think it's kind of a no from me as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ridiculous picture's face arc. Oh, oh well, there it goes. Yeah, never mind. Bye bye, Super Scoop 6. Into the fire. I mean, I, you know, I, I hadn't played the first five games, so I couldn't keep up with what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the classic, the, the classic <laughs> rotating platform joke. It just yeah. <laughs> keeps coming back. Uh, okay, I, I'm, I can't say I'm particularly disappointed. So never mind. Well, you know, it's good to have something to compare against, isn't it? Like, what we should, if we just brought in everything, it'd be boring, right? It's, you've got to have one good thing and then one bad thing to throw the good thing into into relief. That's right. So, you, can't, exactly. you can't have, you can't appreciate the sugar without the the, the sugar without the sour, without so, the salts. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talking of anyway, Matthew, what have you got for us? So like, I'm just going to be completely upfront and say I'm not like crazy good when it comes to uh the light gun genre (laughs) i'm not really an i never was an arcade person uh i don't think any of us are super super hot really on that no Mm. uh but what i'm gonna pick is a is a classic but i've only played it in its in a massively inferior form uh which is time crisis which i've only played the home version which, of mm. course, uh, if you know Time Crisis, its its kind of unique hook is that you can duck into cover where you have to duck into cover. Um, yes. And uh, in the arcades, you do that uh, by letting go of a pedal, a foot pedal, yes. which you press when you want to pop out. But when you're at home, it's just a button on the side of the gun. Um, mm. It's mm. a yeah, mechanic, gonna... and it, it added a bit of like you know a bit more depth to the kind of light gun game it wasn't just a straight reaction test you know had a bit of control over it but uh i understand that the pedal version was a lot more satisfying uh well, oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. just different mechanism isn't it yeah. um yeah it but, doesn't bear any closer reality to what it would be like popping out of cover but it's no no it's no it, no really, it did. It? that's that's the beauty of it the the it really felt like you would you would kind of crouching down and, and coming up um really and, yeah well, well, yes, i if suppose you, if you're crouching very visceral, yeah, very visceral. but well yeah i uh but my kind of that's uh, <laughs> sort of my pitch <laughs> <laughs> right. listen listen it was years ago one of my friends got it for his birthday i remember thinking that's amazing just because i'd never seen a light gun work on the tv i couldn't understand yeah. how, how it worked um didn't have a nez zapper you see so um mm. uh yeah, like it just it seemed really clunky and exciting, you know, cl- chunky, not clunky, chunky, really yeah. chunky and exciting. Like you really blast away. I, mean, you know, it's all about the sort of feedback with those things. And mm. even without that kind of leaning in on the pedal, I, I still think it had a kind of, uh, you know, I, I liked that kind of the the extra kind of uh, quirk of having to kind of duck out the way. Um, yeah, ch- chunky. I totally agree with that, actually. I think even now, you know, Time Crisis was. Oh, what's it going to be? Ninety five or something like that. It isn't in the nineties, yeah, early nineties. So I think even now it's got a really good look to it. You know, it's just something about humans built from you know what must be like ten polygons each. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it it just it still has got a really a really cool look to it. Um, and and it, it feels satisfying. I mean, not just the 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 pedal and everything and the gun, but. Like when you shoot people, they kind of go down in a satisfying way. It's quite pleasing in that way. Yeah, they sort of roll and and dive, don't they? Do yeah, they? yeah, 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 and yeah. Get out, get out of the way and stuff. It's good, and and it does feel dangerous. You need to use that cover. It's it's good in that way. Mm. Yeah, I, it kind of gets a bit of a thumbs up, really, doesn't it? It's a it's a good game. 
Well, I don't think. Well, look, what are we doing here? Are we are we putting games in just on the basis of our own memories and attitudes towards them, or do we take into account that how how it was sold to us by the well, by the mm. committee member? I because think we listen. Hmm. I don't want I don't want Time Crisis to go into the lava because. I've got only like a very half-formed memory of it, and it's been a thousand years, guys. So I, I, I think <laughs> you know. I think we should definitely vote on things being good. If we, if you have a good memory of it, and you know you you know about it, I think you should vote on it. You know, on on the qualities of it. Okay, but well, sometimes yeah. things go. You know, things are put in front of me which I have not played, and then I have to kind of look at. You know, listen to what's been said, and yeah, you have to you have to look like you look like you. I look like I care, <laughs> rather than just waiting to speak like I normally do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a definite yes for me for Time Crisis. Very, yeah. um, and if I see Time Crisis in arcades, uh, to. Uh, if I saw Time Crisis arcades in 2015, I would be a very happy person and jump jump right on it. Yeah, uh, so good. I'd love, oh, to, love to see. Can it. I give an honourable mention to something which I really almost considered choosing? Um, and it's Mad Dog McCree. Oh yeah, which um, young me just found stunning. The yeah. idea of this game was to send young me into raptures. I'm a big fan of uh, Western stuff to this day. I love it. So the idea of having a physical game that you, uh, a physical gun that you draw from the holster <laughs> and you, you know, you shoot a real filmed person uh, who, you know, who will react when you shoot them was just absolutely stunning to me mm. as a kind of like a technical innovation and as a kind of immersive game experience. Yeah. Young me thought it was amazing. Okay, so I guess I guess Time Crisis went in. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. In fact, yeah, we if gotta, we could go. we could um, shove Operation Wolf out the window to make room for it if you want. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about those bikini babes in the prison of war camp? What's going to happen to them? Oh. Um, <laughs> we got a few. We got a couple of uh, listener um, recommendations. We've only mm. got a couple of listeners left now after we've been away so long. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Cathal Kelly would like to nominate Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles on Wii because in the game you can upgrade your guns to ludicrous levels of power and there's loads of great unlockables such as the West Commissions. It also gives a great insight into the stories of Resident Evil's 0 and 1. Uh, yeah, uh, I never played it. Oh, yeah, I, does it count because it's not a gun? Well, I did, yeah, this is a thing because people did ask me, um, can we have games you could play with the Wii remote and I was like yeah because they're kind of intended as light gun games if you see what I mean so I I, I permitted them so yeah I think it is it is uh, allowed okay mm-hmm. I think it lacks and it's part it's mostly the fault of the remote I think it lacks the feedback that you need to be a great light gun game um oh okay but I, I quite like the the thing about the Resident Evil thing. They're they're not brilliant light gun games in that um, they completely lack the intensity. Like mm. they don't throw stuff at you because what they're actually trying to do is pay homage to the original games to the point mm. where you know enemies kind of appear in the same places. So you can literally go for like a minute without finding a zombie because that's how Resident Evil is. And then you turn the oh. corner, there'll be Wait. one zombie. You shoot it in the head and it's like, yep, you killed the one zombie in the mansion. Uh, and you're like, oh, <laughs> great. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't weird. wait to get to the next one. So um, I don't think they're good light gun games. So I'd say uh, Into the Fire with them. Okay. 
Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm not equipped to comment, so it's probably a no from me. Yeah, I, I haven't played them unfortunately, so I can't, I can't really sort of stand by them. Oh, it's a, sorry, sorry. No, great. Paint me as the bad guy. Yeah, castle. <laughs> so if you thought that one was a, um, if you thought that one was an inappropriate pick. Then this one's probably going to go the same way. Uh, Is it crossbow the, uh... training? <laughs> no, I'd forgotten about that. That was a real high point in the we we catalogue, wasn't it? Worst Zelda game ever. Oh, what about um, that CDI one? Oh, well, yeah. Does that count? Oh, no, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's official. Mm. Um, Balladia says uh, since using since games using the Wii remote pointer are allowed. Source Mark. That's right. <laughs> I could confirm that source. Uh, he'd like to put forward <laughs> Metroid Prime Trilogy. Ah, hmm. oh, what? So, oh. the fir- and this is par- this is probably partially on account of us leaving Metroid out of our Metroidvania uh, space art <laughs> selections. <laughs> so it's, it, gets, it gets another go. So How bad. <laughs> so quite, he's, he's written quite a lot here. Uh, the first Prime game was a revelation, dumping Samus on her own into a hostile alien world, and felt fully alive and more than slightly hostile. Um, so Samus went from weakened by explosion wreck to an alien slaughtering machine solving Zelda dungeon style puzzles and offing alien menaces Mm. such as a snake plant with two massive sides for arms Uh, the second game went a bit too purple and the third (laughs) introduced the most annoying NPCs known to man but they're still top quality 3D shooty explorey games so the connection so the light gun connection is the implementation of Wii remote controls in the trilogy package only bettered things, smoothing the gunplay and movement and proving beyond doubt that the Wii Remote could improve shooting games if used mm. correctly. Brackets, yeah. sorry, Red Steel. Don't apologise to Red Steel. <laughs> Don't apologise. Uh, since it wasn't even considered by the committee for Metroidvania Week, I hope that you'll atone for that here. Uh, if nothing else, the icy calm of Fendrana drifts. It will be a nice antidote to the event. P.S. Also, a convincing argument. <laughs> P.S. Duck Hunt, all as well, if only as a reminder that the dog has died in the flames. Ah, oh, I nah. like. I always like that dog. Yeah, the dog is cool, but nah, 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 nah. Uh, so Metroid Prime Eight. Well, oh. uh, it's got to go, hasn't it? It's got to. <laughs> no, no. First of all, like he he pointed out Fendrana drifts as like a nice antidote to. The event, but mm. he's cleverly overlooking Magmore Caverns, which ninety-eight oh, well. percent of the <laughs> Earth now resembles. Well, actually, so. <laughs> he did. He did say that, and I, I forgot, didn't read it out. Oh, okay. So, oh. like, I would say Metroid Prime is probably going to get onto the space arc at some point, but it's not a light gun game. No. Well, but can't you? Yeah, can't you well. play it as one? No, because it's got a lock on. She locks on to enemies. Yeah, it's not a, a sort of point and shoot, is it? In, in, with, no, with your, you, with your yeah, you lock on and then you hold it and then you strafe around the lock on point. Mm. That's not. That's you're not aiming. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. So I'm sure. Yes, I agree. I'm sure. Metroid... Oh, that's oh, what a technicality. Oh, yeah, but I feel Metroid's, bad about that. Metroid's b- bound to be back. Um, and you know, I yeah. think. I, I mean, in. in I think when we did Metroidvania, when you think Metroidvania, you tend to think 2D games, you know. And yeah. uh, although Metroid Primes are, you know, obviously Metroidvania games, they are they are going to be more fitting into uh, into a different category, I think. But not this one. 
not this one. So even though so, yes, it was allowed into the category, it's still not making it into the space. So the are we space are we throwing it into the lava if we think it's going to come back? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It can come back. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Okay. So we yeah. so so it's canon now that we can rescue things from the lava, is it? Well, or another copy of it comes forward <laughs> under a different category, right? Oh, this is getting a mess. We we'll have to write up all these rules. So, yeah. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's um, yeah let's throw throw Metroid Prime out. But just as it just as it's about to land in the lava, um, you know, just a a, a, a human body um, rises up <laughs> from from beneath from beneath the fire, like and like Met- Arnie and- at the end of Terminator Two, where his hand comes up. Well, I was thinking well, more no, of he's a- going down, but yeah, you know, yeah, like I was thinking more of a sort of bloated stomach of a corpse and Metroid just nestling on it, being saved. Um, <laughs> From, uh, so we from, could just see it out of the window. Every time we look out, we just see it bobbing on this stomach. <laughs> yeah, which is bubbling. It's a constant quietly. reminder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Good. nice. So on Twitter, uh, Joe Screbbles, who says oh, a yeah. familiar, familiar sounding name um, from the uh, chat, very good podcast, I believe, um, and former colleague of yours, Matthew. No, he's he- a colleague again. Oh, he's a colleague again. Uh, yeah, 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 he works back. with me. Again. Oh, he's on Games, yeah. Ra- Games Radar. Yeah, great, good, um, but very good. Nice. <laughs> I see what you've done there. Uh, he says he's nominating for he's nominating the soon to be released Time Crisis Five, uh, related to our Time Crisis chat earlier, because it's well, a lovely is a Time Crisis. Yeah, yeah, because it's a lovely mark of humanity's gritty spirit in the face of total apathy. <laughs> <laughs> are people are people apathetic about a time crisis? No, that's sad. That's a sad thing. How do we get um, to this point? Yeah, I don't know anything about. It. I didn't even know there was a time. The crisis day, five. the day that the world is apathetic towards crouching behind a crate in between dodging terrorist bullets. That is a that is a that's a world I just don't want to live in. Yeah, yeah it's a sad day. So on that basis, is going going straight in. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put any any game with Time Crisis in its name in. So we've got Time Crisis and Time Crisis Five. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah. It's good to have all the, re- the representative uh, sample. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Two, three, and four can do one. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone else? What about you guys? But isn't it? Is it? I think if it's the one that you play with the PlayStation Move, I'm like no uh, because that's no, rubbish. Get, no, no, I'm going to say no also because console ones are rubbish. There you go. Okay, so That's not a sweeping generalization. Not going in. So, uh, does apathy win, or does our humanity's gritty spirit? Oh, uh, who cares? Sure. Really, I don't. I don't mind. Who? I don't mind if it goes in or not. <laughs> you don't mind which of those emotions <laughs> wins out in, in the year uh, three thousand. Does apathy win? Who cares? Oh, I see. What difference does it make? It's an apathy. I'm joke. being ironic, Greener. <laughs> it's an apathy joke. Sorry. Yeah. Ah, good. Okay. Uh, on the Facebooks, we've had a couple of uh, interesting submissions. I say oh, yeah. interesting because I haven't played them. So I don't know how it's going to work this, but I'll give it a go. Bring them on. Uh, All right. Grant Jones says, Confidential Mission on Dreamcast slash Arcade. Anybody played uh, Confidential Mission? No, it sounds really good, though. Not I. Oh, it sounds corking. I I don't know it at all, Grant. Sorry. What is this, then? Let's let's have a look. Yeah, go on, then. Its plot is of the same vein as James Bond and Mission Impossible. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean... That could be anything. (laughs) <laughs> they just described all games. Are we saying that because it looks? He looks a, it's a clear knockoff of uh, James Bond, right? Like the pose. 
and everything in the, in the box art. A group of terrorists have stolen the world's collision satellite. That's a terrible name to give to a satellite. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's asking for that's trouble. That's asking for trouble. And CMF, which I guess is the secret agency, sends two of his agents, Howard Gibson and Gene Clifford, to investigate. <laughs> Why is they, that's such funny names for agents? So they're a little bit of a resi knockoff then as well. This is the most derivative thing I've ever seen. I'm saying yes. If we start letting in games because they've got bad character names, we're going to have to let in every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, well, just this once, just this once. You can, you can, uh, you can block me, but uh, I'm, going, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm nah. vetoing it. Anyone else? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we have obviously uh, honourable mention for Ghost Squad from Ashley mm. Day and Luke Summerhays. They they give uh, Goose, uh, Ghost Squad's Ghost already Squad on the shout arc. out. It's already in. Yeah, I know it's already in um, on the on the uh, on rail shooter yep. type category. Um, but we do have a nomination for House of the Dead Overkill. Just the right amount of stupid, gross-out comedy combined with slick shooting and a supremely satisfying combo counter. Psychotic. Yeah, well, I would, I would put that in um, just because of its relation to Time of the Dead, my favorite, one of my favorite games. Yeah, it, it's probably one of the better uh, examples, isn't it, of mm. proper actual serious, well, not serious, serious, but you know, shooting of actual zombies and stuff, which I feel we're lacking in the arc. And I think we it should feels... have, we we should have a House of the Dead in. I agree. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's all the that's all the love from Facebook. Yeah, ah, thank you, Facebook. Well, thanks to everyone for their love. Uh, in, <laughs> for the uh, for the space arc, um, and do send us some love for the next space arc genre for next episode, which will be point and click adventure games. Oh, yeah. my favourites, specifically yeah. the sort of puzzle solvey, you know, uh, Lucas Artsy, exactly, yeah, Fandangery, yeah, know, adventure, of... yeah, uh, yeah, adventure games. Just like that, yeah, exactly. Uh, a, a rich genre um, and oh. a time a time spanning genre. So yeah, it should be a good one. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I got some controversial views. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, we look forward to, to um, hearing about your favourite point and click adventure games. And um, there's no there's no there's no theme at the end of Space Arc. Just to warn you, uh, just <laughs> this, just just this. And the platform we've landed on now is the end of the podcast platform, mm. which tells me that it is, well, it's the end of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's literally written on the platform. So, yes. Yeah. It is, it is this is that. the end of the podcast. This yeah. is yeah. the end of the podcast. Hey, it's, um, been, it's been good to have been back after our, our little hiatus, a little mini hiatus. Yeah, I, I missed you. It. I missed you, listeners. So, uh, but hopefully the next one will be a bit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at our various addresses, which I'm going to ask Greener to relay because I can never remember them. Email. The email address is trp at the rotating platform.com. The Facebook URL is facebook.com slash rotating platform. The Twitter handle is at rotating podcast. And that's it. That's great. Well, uh, and is that is, it? There... That, is that the only way of uh, getting in touch with us? It's not, is it? Because there's another way. Yeah, you can, you can send a letter to the rotating platform, <laughs> rotating platform house. At the Space Arc. Space Arc Road. Yeah, yeah. 3000. 
I hear that there is a way to see rotating platformer in the flesh. Well, yeah, if you wish to <laughs> deliver your uh, Space Ark nominations in person, what you should do is turn up to the Bridewell Theatre in London uh, between the 7th and the 11th of April and you can come see me in a play, which is a uh, Tom Stoppard play, if that's your Aww. thing. If you like uh, stupid, nerdy things with scenes in Russian and... Uh, you speak in Russian? Into- uh, well, there's some, you know, there's some stuff in. I, I, you get to hear me speaking French and German. Uh, wow. I, 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 mostly English. That's quite important. It is in English. What's the What's the play weird. called? It's called Travesties. Uh, it's quite an early thing. Um, yeah, it's, you've, yeah. Anyway, you've, anyway. you've set yourself up for a, for an easy critical mauling with a title like that. <laughs> Travesty. <laughs> it's, the, it's the play that reviews itself, isn't it? It's a one line review. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you haven't got anything better to do and you want to deliver your nominations in person, come see, come say hi. And can people can people nominate for Space Arc at any point during the play, or <laughs> <laughs> just shout out like Grim Fandango just halfway through Act One? Do it. Go on, hard oh, laugh, but don't Grim. do it. Monkey don't. Island Two, the Chuck's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, your <laughs> life is funny. gonna be hell but yeah no don't do that um <laughs> but yeah if you if you want to uh you find out more about it if uh i haven't sold it well enough it's all you can have a look at TowerTheatre.org.uk. you can have a look at that but anyway yeah thank you Wonderful. listeners good stuff well good luck with the uh with the play did you say Cheers, when man. it's where the dates are 7th to the 11th of april mm. All right, great. Well, yes, good luck with that. And you can let us know how you got on uh, on, the, on the next episode. I feel like it's blind oh, yeah. date now. <laughs> <laughs> it is between me and 200 uh, bemused punters. Yeah. <laughs> Ace. Well, it's been a good podcast. Good, good, good times all around. Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. And talking of being back, we'll be back uh, next time on this very podcast. But for now, I think we're going to say bye, aren't we? We yeah, are indeed. We are. Thanks everyone. Bye then. Bye. See ya. Bye. Like that brilliant confidential mission joke that you made, Matthew. I don't know if that ma- if that makes it into the podcast. <laughs> I can't include that joke because you have foreshadowed a joke that's yet to happen. Uh, because we're Whoa. in the we're in the Twitter section of the. Of Are the we having space? a time crisis here? <laughs> God, that's that is so a, meta. That is a brilliant multi-layered joke. None of which can go that, in. That's there. like a that's like a Tom Stoppard play. It's so I'd multi-layered because it, it will make sense at the end. <laughs> It's not going to go. I'll put it in as an outtake, uh, actually. That would probably make it make sense.